Welcome to the Ari Zoldan Show, where you'll be able to sit in on conversations with leading CEOs, executives, and founders of some of the most innovative and cutting-edge companies of today. You'll learn about blockchain, cryptocurrency, clean tech, and other industries that are pioneering the new economy. Ari brings his years of experience as an on-air TV commentator to the mic for a packed dialogue of education, information, and in-depth interviews. It's all here, right now. Here's your host, Ari Zoldan. Welcome back to the show. Right here in the studio, it's Josh Carey, 710-WOR. It is the voice of New York. Anytime you wish, day or night, on the iHeartRadio app, do check that out. We are back in the city. Not only do we have an extraordinary guest coming up in just a moment, it also speaks to my heart because as a born and bred and proud New Jersey person, all things Jersey right here, she is the Somerset County Commissioner. Wait until you hear this story. But equally as, as exciting, you could even hear it in my voice right there, I'm sitting here with my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. It is my father who happens to be here in person as timing would have it he was brought to the northeast coast here from delray beach florida because his son his son's daughter which means it's my niece she had a child so not only does my father already have eight grandchildren to speak proudly of but now he is a great grandfather 79 years young living life having come from the streets of New York City, clawing, clawing his way out quite literally. Would you agree with that, Dad, first very of all? Very dramatic, that, very yeah, dramatic. Would you expect yeah. anything less? And and, 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 a, and a dose of comedy, but go ahead. You, you, you clawed your way out of the city, right? We're back. It's good to have you here. This is, a again, a once-in-a-lifetime thing to timing to work out where you're able to join me here in studio. Uh, very frustrating, very frustrating. Uh, what I envisioned in you doing is just what you're doing because what I wanted to do my entire life was be either my earliest recollection was a disc jockey. I just wanted to be a disc jockey. But a young girl that I was listening to the radio with, she when I said I wanted to be a disc jockey, she looked at me and she said, I didn't realize you like horses. <laughs> I guess she didn't know what a disc jockey back then was. But yeah, I was born and raised in the Lower East Side of New York. Love the city. And I just love what you're doing. This is my dream. You are living my dream. And, and vice versa, because I've had a front row seat, obviously, to, to watch you. You are a very successful entrepreneur. You've retired out recently from your own business that I had the luxury to, you know, as a young teen, watch it grow and play a part of. And then even sometimes as a young adult to come back and help in that family. So let's sort of connect the dots here with our guest, who is the Somerset County Commissioner. Like I said, I'm a proud New Jersey person. You brought us to New Jersey in your young 20s. You already had two sons. You had a third me coming up in a few years, but but you took the whole family from the Lower East Side to New Jersey. Why? It was apparent that, that when your older brother, who at that time was six years old, was riding his bike on the Lower East Side, right off Grand Street, and he was riding his bike, and I looked at your mom, and I said, this is no place to bring kids up. Now you can't get an apartment down there if you tried, but back then it was not a very nice area. And I had relatives that lived in Freehold, New Jersey, and he convinced me to pack up my 1965 Volkswagen 
and moved to New Jersey. And that's what we did. How do you feel about that? Was it was it as 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 good as it should have been? At you, that you, time, it was a very appropriate move. It was great. It was good. It was a good upbringing for me and for you. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't I don't know any different, but I love the proximity. I spent almost two decades in New York in your stomping ground, Dad, on the Lower East Side, pursuing my dream as an actor filmmaker. So it's all probably apropos that I'm here doing this. You're here right there. I love you, Dad. I'm so glad that we're having this experience together. Thanks for thanks for everything. My pleasure. I love it. Excellent. So on to our show here, we have Sarah Sui, who is, like I've been saying, the Somerset County Commissioner. Not only that, we're going to hear the youngest female elected to a county official seat at the age of 22. We'll double back into all of that. Sarah, first of all, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me, Josh. And always good to be on with a Jersey boy. I love it. Thanks for acknowledging that. So the, the the role of commissioner, I've done my Google search, but in your words, what do you do? So county commissioner, we used to be called freeholders, but we don't say the F word anymore. We represent 21 towns in Somerset County, roads, parks, bridges, but we add another layer that your local government would do for your council or mayor. And we work with human services and shared services to make sure we can provide the most amount of opportunities for your municipalities and people. Why is this so important to you? Why does this resonate? Why even go this path? So in order to answer that, I have to tell you about how I grew up. And my father ran for office when I was 12 years old. He, as most politicians do, or people that are seeking office, you bring your family. And You take a photo, but it was more than that for me. And I heard my first political speech. Other politicians in the room, you know, it's pretty boring for a 12-year-old, but there was one that got up there and they said, if you like good quality parks, and of course as a kid I said, yeah, of course I want a nice park to play in. Good roads. No one likes a pothole. No one likes a bumpy ride to school. I could understand those things. And it just reminded me of community service. How do you make sure that you reinvest in the place that you live and you want the best quality of life? And so that's what really sparked my attention. Uh, My father growing up and my mother too, they raised me with the values where you give back to the community. And that has always resonated with me. If you're not giving back, you know, what's your purpose? And it makes life a lot easier when you love what you do and it's that those feel-good moments. So we would go to church. If someone needed a ride, whether it was home or to a doctor's office, what's going on with people's lives in the community, you speak to one another and you help them. So that's what really sparked my interest to run for office. And from the young age of 22, you were elected to the Board of Ed. You're a you're a politician. How do we how do you feel about that word knowing what the general public feels of that word? I try not to call myself a politician because I absolutely hate it. It's such a frowned upon dirty word now. Um, What I have really come to realize is that the people that are truly politicians are not very good people. They are just purely money driven and it's not for the real pure intention of the position it's to give back 
and to that theme from before. That's what I always saw it as, and I always continue to do that. I always tell my friends and family, if I stop, you know, serving in that capacity, then just tell me to leave because that's when I've lost. So it doesn't matter if I win an election. If I'm not doing my job right, that's what really matters. You, I I like that you said in order to answer some of those questions, you have to go back to your upbringing. Tell me about watching your, your father in a political role your whole life. What was that like? So it was a double-edged sword. I was, of course, very proud of him. You know, he was a two-term councilman. He was the mayor of Burnersville, Burnersville, my hometown, which meant I couldn't get away with anything. He had <laughs> every single person watching over us. And I you know, went to the public school there, Bernard's High School. And what I realized is that politics, it also gets very messy. When we're speaking about things that impact your backyard. You can't, if you're doing your job right, it's fantastic. People love you. They're waving to you. You know, people used to honk the horn when we we're driving by. And I used to say, dad, who is that? He goes, I don't know, but I'm going to wave back. But we would go to the supermarket. And if there, there was something super controversial, we could not get through the store because everyone would ask us questions. And I, he would ask me, you want to come to shop right with me? I said, is there anything that's controversial on the agenda? Because this could either be a five-minute trip or a two-hour trip to get milk, and the milk's expired by the time you're going to check out. Already a politician (laughs) in you. I love it. (laughs) So that's always a good measure to see if you're doing your job right. Luckily, most people that stopped us in the grocery store were saying things that were complimentary of my father and the work that he did, and I think that's because he did an incredible job, and it was always to improve the quality of life for everyone there. What's so funny is I grew up in Lakewood, New Jersey, and I was friends, funny enough, with the with the family who was the mayor of Lakewood. I went to school with the kids. I What was it like in that social game from your point of view? Were, were your friends in social circles, were, were they supportive of that? Were they sort of nasty about some things? How did they react to that? So most were very supportive. And, you know, they knew my dad, like, Mr. Suey is a really nice person, you know, always there, out and about. But you also had people that drew that party line that was very deep. And as a child, I didn't quite understand why they would feel a different type of way from my father if he was a kind person, you know, did things. And especially on the local level, you don't get into, like, the super deep-rooted controversial matters. But still, they found a way. Exactly just based on whether you're left versus right. And I'm like, can we just focus on right versus wrong? And that's the defining line that made me want to try to convince people that why don't you focus on the candidate? You know, political parties, they do their best to try to support the best you know person possible that will carry those values. But on a local level, You know, people make mistakes sometimes. If you're able to rip that apart and see exactly who that person is, who is that neighbor, you know, your your friend's parents, how do you know them on a personal level? I think politics is very personal. It matters on what you value. People care about their property tax or affordability. How do you define that? How can you help? It's all about reinvesting and how much you do it. So at 22 years old, you decided to run for the Board of Education because of a specific funding cut? What happened? So 
when I was on the Board of Education, it came to my attention that the transportation funding for Richard Hall, one of our two mental health centers in the state of New Jersey, was cut. Now, this hit home for me. I always say I'll only run for office if there is a reason for me. So it has to be an issue that I would like to personally fix. And that was one that hit home because when I was five years old and when my sister was born, my mother became was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And she went through just about every single hospital in the state. And as most many people with mental health, you know, issues come about, they realize that they go on their medication and then as soon as they're feeling better, they come off. So it's a very vicious cycle. And it not only impacts the person that's ill, but it impacts the entire family. So as a kid, that was my mom. So not being able to, you know, have her with me mentally all the time, it was one of those challenges that I came across. My sister, you know, of course, my, my father, that impacted him significantly too. You know, that was his wife, the person that he was raising his family with. My grandmother lived with us. All those things impact your home. And I always like to say, most of us know someone that suffers from a mental illness. And it's not just one person, but it's their friends, their families, and all the people around them that are impacted. So when you take away the funding for transportation that could get people back on their feet, it it has so many good ripple effects. And I wanted to be able to see how I can work with their budget. So I was then elected as being freeholder, um, sworn in in 2019 for my first term, became the first Latina representative, and I was able to serve as a liaison to finance and the business partnership and got to, you know, expand on the Richard Hall funding. And we actually have a dental wing going in now, too. Wow. How do you how do you get over the idea of perhaps a common thought, at least in my view, where it says, I'm only one person. What difference can I make? How do you grasp that to make a difference? I'm only one person, but my vote with the other county commissioners is impactful. There are people that, one of my colleagues on the Board of Education, he only lost by two votes. And that's a that's something that happens on a local level. This year we had very, this past election cycle, I should say, very tight elections. Few votes, a few hundred votes. It, these things matter because those are the people that you're going to see in office. In the state of New Jersey, our prime example, our Senate president lost. So, and the person that beat him was a truck driver that decided to run for office and spent, I, I want to say, under $100 or close to that range on his entire campaign. So if people don't come out, and if you think that this person is a shoe-in or anything like that, I always run like I'm losing because you have to encourage people to come out. These things will impact where your dollars, it impacted, you know, my some of the people in my neighborhood who suffered with alcoholism and didn't have their license anymore. So they weren't able to actually get to Richard Hall to get the proper therapy that they needed. So this impacts so many people's lives. It does matter. Volunteer and your extra time. 
Maybe you're not crazy about your nine to five. Maybe you love it. Maybe you don't have a nine to five, but you love what you do or you want to expand on something. This work, I work seven days a week and it doesn't feel like it because it's so rewarding. So get involved. You made a a comment and a quote where you said, I always run like I'm losing. That is a a powerful statement that anybody can take with them and, and apply it anywhere. It's just a great mantra. I always run like I'm losing. Do you find that you're you're able to in your day to day, you're able to get out into the public and hear from people? Share a story that really hit home and is impactful from the work you've done. So the past few years have been the most difficult. We had one of we actually had the largest natural disaster in Somerset County. And President Biden came to Manville, New Jersey. And because of this, you know, catastrophe, it was identified that six New Jersey's counties were so heavily impacted. Somerset County was one of them. I was living in Boundbrook at the time and my apartment building, we had to evacuate. I got a knock on the door four o'clock in the morning and they said, Sarah, and so I open up and I said, what's going on? And they go, our building is going to be underwater for the first few floors and the sewer lines were overflowing. So we had to, to evacuate over 300 people in the building that I was in within 30 minutes. That's where your county office and your office of emergency management come into play. But in order to do so, it takes a lot of coordination. So what I did, I opened my door. I gave the people who are going to be stuck there that are, you know, the maintenance crew for the building, gave them a meal and we got to work. Made all my calls, stopped by the Boundbrook Municipal Building, and we had a county vehicle outside ready to best people out who did not have a car. And then for the people that had cars, we had texts, we had calls, and we put our emergency lights on and made sure people were getting out. We safely evacuated out of my building, but because of this catastrophe, it impacted Southbound Brook, Somerville, Raritan. People lost their homes. Five people lost their lives. I ended up speaking with a gentleman that lost his wife and to have a conversation and to think, did we do everything that we could in these natural disasters to think about people dying and a country as great as ours in this day and age, it's something that I really never thought of before that happened. And we did, we did everything possible, but how do we prevent it with, you know, proper planning going further, making sure, you know, we expand our source systems for the development that's come over the past, you know, let's say 100 years. It's these small towns have been growing. But to speak to people that lost their home, have that feeling of desperation and who is here to help me? We are also those frontline representatives. And if you do your job right, uh, as I did, you end up going into the streets and speaking with those people and comforting them, but you also give them the resources and the tools that they need to get back on their feet. 
your upbringing clearly plays a big part in who you are today. You mentioned your mom a few times, diagnosed with bipolar disorder when you were five. I know she also came from Ecuador and she dropped out of high school. What can you say some of the big takeaways you've you've learned from her and and seeing that first and foremost to shape you into who you are today? So my mom always used to say growing up, if you don't ask, the answer is always no, Sarita. So I always asked and gave something a shot. And I was a super shy kid growing up. So to run for office, it was basically the last thing anyone thought that I would do. But when I was home, my, both my parents will tell you, I was very opinionated. <laughs> so I always you know, cared about questioning those things, but I was too shy to ever discuss them. I got out of that clearly. And she um she sacrificed her entire life. And I would remember some nights when she would just cry. And it was challenging for her because she didn't think that she was able to be as good of a mom as she could possibly be because her English wasn't perfect. Or she would try to make doctor's appointments and she wouldn't really understand, you know, how to fill out a form. So as many people with you know, immigrant parents that don't speak English perfectly, we compensate for them. So I would fill out the forms. So I used to do that every year before the school year started. You take your kids to the doctors. You know, I was the one who did it. And for, you know, my appointment, my sister's appointment, and we got everything in order. So you act as a little bit of that translator along the way. But she sacrificed her entire life. If she wanted to, she could have set money aside and gone back to school, but she was a stay-at-home mom. She had two girls to raise, and she made sure that we had every opportunity possible. Every extra dollar she had, she gave to us, whether it was for tutoring, camp, anything for our lives. And I didn't want to you know, disappoint her because if she sacrificed all that, the least I could do is be successful. In this country, you're able to do so. When I was you know, doing my master's over at Rutgers, we found that other countries don't afford you that opportunity. You're born a certain class, you stay that class. Mm. I have everything possible. And, you know, today I own a consulting company and that has been pretty successful. As a, as a child growing up with a father who's the mayor of your town, did you consciously or subconsciously think you would follow in the political arena footsteps? Was that ever a conversation between you and him? So the way that my dad and I kind of discussed it, I said, oh, by the way, I'm running for office. He goes, you're doing what? (laughs) So at first I was like, maybe I'll run for council. He goes, no, we're not going to be on the same ticket. (laughs) I'm not going to be mayor. You're not going to be council because we fight like cats and dogs when we're home. So he, we actually had our meetings the same night. So when he was the mayor, I was on the board of education. And of course, there's some things with our budget. So we would come home and the other board members would, would say, well, if only someone knew the mayor, could I talk to them? <laughs> and they would all look in my direction. I said, thanks for that subtle hint. <laughs> so he would come home, said, the board of education is just raising taxes. It's all your fault. And I said, well, maybe if the borough would let us use the parking lot, we wouldn't have to pay so much for a third party. 
So we're able to come to, you know, good compromise and, you know, work through the proper channels. This was your dinner conversation. Oh, this was this was past dinner. We would come home at like midnight and then my mom would come out in a bathrobe and say, can you both just keep it down? (laughs) So and everyone was sleeping, but we were just energized coming back from these meetings. We absolutely loved it. And, you know, my my dad always says I'm a mini him personality wise. So if we want to do do something, we will. You believe that relationships are are everything? How do you how do you leverage that? How has that shown up in your in your life? So, I um I think that whether it's business, politics, you always pay it forward. Or your personal relationships. My better half is very supportive of what I do. Not everyone, you know, has said whether it's friends, personal relationships, anything like that. If you come home at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning from these meetings or events after dinner, business meetings, our schedules are very demanding and you don't have every weekend. When something like a natural disaster happens, you're on call. So you have to have people in your lives that are supportive of that. And anyone that hasn't is really not in my life anymore. So for people to understand the passion that I have for what I do, that's always appreciated. And, you know, I'm happy to say that I have a very good group of friends, family, and personal relationships and my better half that, you know, is there for me every step of the way. With business, I launched my company during the pandemic, which is a consulting company, Alpha Strategies Group. And I do general business development. I help companies have a soft landing in the state of New Jersey, not in Somerset County, full disclosure. But I was able to see how, you know, government makes things so complicated. You're able to work with different agencies, different partnerships, and different private business owners that could have fantastic synergies. And there's incredible products and they're brilliant people, but they don't know exactly who to talk to. That is so important with business. If you're not able to do that and put the right people together, that there's no point. If your timing is off, you're as good as wrong. Your current position is up until 2024. Yeah. What is, where's, where's your future? What is the end goal? Where do you go from here? What's Sarah doing in 10, 20, 30 years? Well, I've got a whole lot of more work to do in Somerset County. Mm -hmm. And my whole rule is I'm not going to run for office just for a title. I have to be able to do good. So Wherever that will lead me, we'll see. Wonderful. I want to bring Dad back on the mic for a minute. I know that, like I opened the show, and that we were talking about being in New Jersey, certainly this hits home, quite literally. you have any thoughts about what we just heard? I really don't. It's just that I learned an awful lot, and just a, a wonderful person sitting in front of us here, uh, this commissioner, who seems to be doing a terrific job in Somerset County. Sarah, Sui, where can people go, where should people go to learn more and to start or keep a conversation going with you? So you can follow me on one of my political pages. It's literally my name, Sarah Sui. So you could find me on Instagram, Facebook, or just reach out and take a look at the Somerset County website. I love it. Sarah Sui doing the good work for Somerset County. Thank you so much for sitting down and joining us today. Thank you, Josh. 
Listen to conversations with leaders of some of the most innovative and cutting-edge companies on the Ari Zoldan Show. You'll learn about blockchain, cryptocurrency, clean tech, and industries pioneering the new economy. It's the Ari Zoldan Show, Saturday mornings at 5 a.m. right here on 710 WOR.